I heard this quote last night that um, Facebook it was it was giving just the scale of Facebook on a in a variety of different ways, and it was saying that um, Facebook is now bigger than Christianity. One of the things that happens when centralized structures grow to that scale, even if they were started in relatively idealistic ways, what happens is just the the way I see it is that capitalism just eats it. I'm Tor Bear from Enigma, and welcome to Decentralize This. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Decentralize This, presented by Enigma. I'm Tor Bear. I'm the head of growth for Enigma, and on today's episode, I'm happy to be speaking with Max Brody. Max is the co-founder and CEO of Scent, a social network that's built on Ethereum that's aiming to get creators paid directly for sharing their work and their wisdom. Scent is another example of a hybrid dApp, where parts of the product are decentralized and other parts centralized for the ultimate benefit of users. Max himself is an experienced designer as well as a musician and a writer, so he understands how to build products that can work for a mainstream audience of creators not just developers. On this episode, Max talks with me about why he started Scent, how his team has chosen what parts of the product to decentralize, why he believes art and artists will proliferate on the Scent platform, and whether he sees Facebook as a competitor or as a danger to society. Because at Enigma we have this focus on building a protocol that can support million user dApps, I really love looking at some of these early products being built on decentralized platforms especially ones that are trying to and succeeding in appealing to a mass audience. Max has thought deeply about what it's going to take to drive adoption at that level of scale. So I hope his thoughts inspire you to build something big and maybe to go out and try Scent itself. So without any further introduction, here is Max Brody. Max, thank you for joining me on this episode of Decentralize This. I'm thrilled to have you on. So excited to be here. Can you tell me quickly, same way we start every episode, personally, professionally, who is Max Brody? Um, so I'm the CEO of Scent, CEO and co-founder. And before getting into Scent, um, I was a philosophy major in school. I'm also a musician. Um, I My whole life essentially revolves around um, the scent mission and things that, uh, connect with the scent mission, um, from my creative life. So I think a good place to start would be what is scent and what is the scent mission? Maybe we start with the what, and then we move into the why. The scent mission is to provide anyone income from anywhere. We see a future where very soon, most jobs that are in any way sequential or step-based, like say a barista, are going to get replaced by machine and code. And we don't see that as a bad thing. We see that as something to be celebrated because it's freeing humanity from a lot of jobs that maybe don't use us to our full capacity. And so Scent in the broad scale um, is designed to provide a layer of the economy where people can earn money directly for their personal perspective or their personal creativity, which the way we see it is the only thing that will be left after computers take all these other jobs. So the mission of Scent is to do that. Now, that's a little vague and or broad. In the more manifested sense, Scent is an app that you can go on and you can post anything you want, answer any question you want, and immediately start earning money in the form of cryptocurrency, but it's very accessible money to be used um, in your life to be used for your rent, to be used for whatever else you want. All you need is an email. You can join in under 20 seconds and um, you can use it from anywhere in the world. And that idea of sort of decoupling having a job from getting income is really what our mission revolves around. This is a, it's a mission that I've heard a lot from a lot of other people who are building in the decentralization space, this idea that we're trying to return the dignity of work in a sense to individuals or we're we're allowing them to to have more autonomy and control in a world that's becoming increasingly automated 
uh, or at least, you know, where where the threat is, is very credible of having many of these jobs automated or replaced. So I, I understand the mission. You'll have to do some work connecting it back to the social platform of Scent. But I, I've used Scent a little bit. I, I think what would be interesting is to talk about uh, why you decided to build Scent. You know, I, I, I understand the mission, but why specifically Scent? And, and how is it different from current social media platforms? Sure. So a little bit of background. So I... Um... Uh, in school, I was, a, as I mentioned before, I studied philosophy and I was very into that. Um, that was my original thought in life that I was going to be a philosophy major. And I loved just the thinking about sort of the, the understructures of the society we live in, the, the, the sort of accepted thoughts that we don't really even think about, but that sort of run most of how we live. Um, and I loved reading about all the different ways in which people understood those thoughts and how those thoughts created the the society around us. And I remember I was in my second year of college and I was at, um, I thought I also might uh, be a lawyer for a few months. And I, uh, I was at a legal internship that I was not enjoying, but I had finished the work for the legal internship at around 11 a.m. that day. And I needed to stay until around five. And so I was at the computer and I was looking at the computer and it was an unpaid internship. So I needed a little bit of money. And so I thought to myself, is there anything I can do at this computer right now um, to make just some immediate money? Like here I am. I think I have a not terrible brain. Like I'm, 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 I'm down to help anyone with anything or do anything. Um, like what are my options? And I sort of went down this rabbit hole of realizing that there's very few options and they're pretty terrible. Um, there's like, at that point, uh, you know, there was, you know, you could do a bunch of surveys, you could do things like mechanical Turk, which are, you know, endlessly little tasks, like, like identifying photos. And, um, but all those things gave you a rate of income that was pretty terrible. It would have to be like hours and hours for just a little bit of money. And I thought that that was odd, like that in the real world, I could go up to a, um, you know, a grocery store and or, or any sort of simple physical business and probably get a job in, in not too long by asking around. Um, and in the online world, that seemed to be a little trickier. And then, I, so I started with this idea that we should be able to post whatever we want because posting felt like that's something that only I can do. If it's a unique post, if it's a, if it's a, a song, if it's a poem, if it's an essay, um, no one else can make that. And so at some level, that should be more valued than me just doing a sequence of steps that anyone could do if they were instructed in the right way. Now you're talking about like a marketplace problem, though, because and I guess this is where we're going, which is mm -hmm. that you already know that creating something like that is valuable to you yourself. But where can you go to find other people who are also going to see value in what you're creating? Exactly. And so I started to realize that there needed to be a two, exactly as you said, a two-sided, I thought of it more as a network than a marketplace. Um, and the reason I think about it that way is because a network is sort of, you're, you're being connected with things that, you don't necessarily know that you want yet. And I think a market is, you know, at least in theory, it's like, I need a sweater. I'm going to go to the mall and get a sweater. You know, I'm going to go to the market and get the thing I need. And uh, a network is, you know, I have open time. I'm going to connect, you know, or at least that's how we often um, use networks nowadays. Yeah, it's, um, it is that idea of connection. The reason that I still think of it as a marketplace in some respects is imagine you're going to the mall, not knowing you need a sweater, but window shopping. That's sometimes my experience on social networks is I'm showing up. I don't really know what's in the feed. Maybe something's going to be interesting. Maybe it's all going to be junk. I'm not sure. Um, but either way, I'm paying with my attention, right? Yes, yes. And and you're, you're paying with your attention, but and your attention is then being monetized and not, you know, the money is not being given back to you, but that's, we can get to that. Um, I'm sure but, we will. <laughs> um, you're also, you're paying with your time and your attention. And I think that was my other key idea is that 
your that time I could be spent doing other things that could give me the money. But instead, I'm giving this time to this network. You know, in that case, it was you know generally Facebook. And um, so at that point, I, I had this idea, the, the sort of a precursor to, to Scent was this project I worked on called Penny, um, which was essentially uh, sort of simpler than, than Scent. It was just you could post any piece of content and you could give it one penny. Like instead of a like, you could give it one penny. And there was like a simple button on each piece of content. And I thought this was a cool idea because it, it was really simple and it basically it would it would allow for content to be monetized in a in a relatively organic way like you could you know the the tagline of the site was that a million pennies or a million likes is a million likes a million pennies is ten thousand dollars like it, it, and we see a million likes all the time and so if every single time we saw a million likes that was thousands of dollars maybe the world would be a little different people could be a little bit more free and so I went down this rabbit hole of sort of shifting my life path from thinking that uh, that I wanted to be some sort of professor to realizing that specifically in technology and in, 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 in the startup world, in a, in a real way, you're, you're more of a, an active philosopher, I think of it, in, in the world, because you have some sort of worldview or you have some sort of way of seeing what's going on. And then you actively do something to instill that worldview in the world. So maybe this is applied philosophy in the same way that I consider sure. myself an applied economist. Absolutely. That's a great, that's a great phrase. I'm, I might steal that. So I had this, this, this penny idea and um, I, at that point I didn't know how to code. I didn't, I didn't know how to do anything. And so I, I started to learn to code. I started to learn to do all the things that I needed to learn to, to build this idea. And um, a little bit, uh, I ended up graduating and then, did this other little job for a while, but eventually I launched that uh, that first idea. And this was sort of pre-crypto and I, I built it in Stripe and sort of hacked it together. I'm not an incredible developer myself, um, but I got it to work. And the what I quickly realized is there's a lot of issues. Like you can't actually send one penny over fiat networks. I mean, you can, but it costs 33 cents-ish to send one penny. Um, so it, it just doesn't work at all financially. Um, so I came up with some other ways of, of getting around that, but there's also legal issues. There was also, you know, you're also kind of beholden to, um, um, to whatever payment processor you end up using. And I started searching around, is there some other way I can program microtransactions in a way? And eventually in like 2014 or 2015, I stumbled across Ethereum and, I sort of went down that rabbit hole and I was like, wow, this is so interesting. Um, and it took me definitely a few months to sort of absorb the scale of what Ethereum was doing. Um, but once I did, it really got into my mind and I realized that, okay, this thing, whatever this thing that I'm working on becomes, uh, needs to somehow be fundamentally augmented with this technology. Um, but crypto development is like definitely its own rabbit hole. And I got a little intimidated with all of the intensity of the crypto technicalities. And so I was doing uh, other design work uh, for a while. I, I, I ended up uh, running the, the design at, at two other companies in the interim of this. And at the beginning of um, 2017, um, my co-founder, the person who became my co-founder, Cameron Hijazi, uh, reached out to me because he had seen the work that I had already done um, on Penny, which I had just changed the name to Send at that point. And he had also just uh, been working on a solo company, this link shortening product that also monetized, uh, you know, the, the, gave people a, a way of making money immediately. And we quickly started to talk every day, realized that we have a lot philosophically in common. And he also had the skill set. We, we had really well-matched skill sets. So I could focus on the design, which I was really good at, and he could focus on the development, which he was really good at. And we found that together we could whip out things pretty quickly that were not that bad. And so fast forward some more, after a few months of talking, we and this was sort of in the height of the crypto mania of 2017. And our mindset was, what can we build that's, in you know three weeks that we would actually maybe use every day like what would actually be exciting for us to 
to use in a way that would make us money and in the sense of any make anyone money like any user money um and would be something novel would be something that doesn't exist before because one of the memes we were hearing at the time was that you know people are just using crypto to speculate there's no real functionalities to it there's nothing you can do right and yeah it's it's very interesting like hearing you describe the genesis of scent because as you're saying you know the the rap that blockchain got was that it was a solution looking for a problem and uh-huh. the problem everybody was finding was speculation but you started with a problem which is that you wanted to have this micro payments enabled social network uh-huh. and you couldn't do that with traditional fiat networks as as the underlying infrastructure you had a problem that only blockchain based solutions could solve exactly and and i think that's exactly what it was and the um and i actually think that's a better way in in general i'm sort of biased in in sort of a design framework from 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 going from okay that i want this sort of end state uh, and so that's also how we run Sense. So our, we're, we're very mission focused. We really, the, the goal of the company, the goal of everything we do is to get people dependable income as, as users. Like that's the, those are the metrics we care about. What are the users making per month? What are they making per day? Like, is it how, how quickly can you make your first dollar? Like, like, like that idea of, of giving people an alternative income is, is what we revolve around. And that's what we care about more than, that's what we care about more than crypto. That's what we care about more than anything. But the, we see crypto and Ethereum and programmable blockchains in general as the best way to enable that for a number of reasons right now. I would love to know what those reasons are. I mean, we've already started thinking about a couple of them, you know, one one being, uh, you know, the payment solutions. But I was going to ask you, like, how how does Scent work under the hood? And like, mm-hmm. to what extent is it a decentralized application? To what extent is some of it still centralized? How How are you using uh, you know, Ethereum and all the underlying uh, technology that you're using, how are you using that to its fullest potential to enable this uh, this platform for autonomy that you're describing to me? Because I think it's super cool. Sure. And, and let me just quickly just say, just so people um, don't get confused, the, um, the, the end app we ended up starting uh, launching um, was this, this, just a, is this bounty idea where you can make any request of a network. You can basically say, I need a logo for my project. I need you to review this essay. I need you to listen to this song. I need you to follow me on Twitter, whatever you want from people. And you can put a certain amount of money as a little um, offering. You know, it could be 15 cents. It could be $20. And you can basically incentivize everyone else who sees that post to respond. Other users then come along and they look at the post, they look at the responses, and they can sort which of the responses they think are the best. And over you know a certain sorting period, the, after that occurs, the best responses automatically receive the money. And users also make money each time they sort. So part of that bounty is allotted to the people that sort. And so we thought that was cool because that incentivized every aspect of this. It incentivized First of all, the person to post the thing because they want something to begin with. It incentivized the um, uh, the person to respond because they want to win part of the bounty, and it also incentivized people to sort so that they could also earn part of the bounty. And and that idea of of um, of, of sprinkling money into a structure to to create these little behavioral structures really just gets me excited because you can really make people do almost anything for a little bit of money. And so you can, in my mind, you can use that for good because you can create, you know, we like to think of them as little enlightened economic structures where, where people interact in the best possible way, um, motivated by maybe one of their more baser drives. I, I think people have to use it to kind of understand it, but you're describing all of these incentive structures which themselves mm-hmm. are like fractals and decentralized of like all these little like subtasks and, and sub subtasks and way that people can, you know, get money for their time. And that's one piece of the decentralization. The other piece that I that I also want to learn more about is, you know, the actual underlying protocols themselves, like in what in what way these two things, both this decentralized economic incentive system and the decentralized technology itself in what way they are interacting to help you guys achieve what you're trying to create sure so um 
So we're, we're very much a hybrid centralized, decentralized approach. Um, we actually began 100% decentralized. So we began, um, you know, our, 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 our logo image was hosted on IPFS. Like every single thing, every pixel was decentralized. And um, <laughs> it was, we kind of did it just to see if we, we could and we could, but it was um, awful to use because it was just, it obviously it's just so slow. It, it, and what we, what we realized through that process was that, um, and I think this is what all crypto companies should at some point, you know, put themselves through this thought process is what actually makes a difference being on a blockchain? Like, like what, what on the end state, not for like nerdy points with other nerdy people, but like, like, like with actual normal people, like what actually makes a functional difference having that feature be on a blockchain or not on a blockchain. And we eventually came to, well, the, the giving and receiving of money. Okay, that really benefits right now from being on a blockchain because you don't need to deal with bank accounts. You don't need to deal with government, you know, a lot of government regulations. You can you can be, you know, a, a, a kid in America. You can be a, um, you know, a 22-year-old in rural Africa and you can still sign up for a cent in under 20 seconds and you can still earn in the first, you know, 40 minutes. And so um, that was one aspect we said, okay, well, the, the, the money exchange happening in a cryptocurrency um, is fundamentally one of the values. And we we realized that we, we thought about launching our own coin early on and maybe having the um, having the money be be transacted in our coin. But we decided against that because it seems like we had a lot of ideas around these incentive structures and we didn't want to also have to make people buy the idea that our coin is also valuable. Um, we, we really wanted to focus on getting people money that they maybe already believe in. And, you know, right now we, the whole app works in ETH. Um, and uh, we, when we started out, we got a lot of feedback. People really liked that. They liked that we weren't forcing them to, to buy into some new thing. Um, and nowadays we're even more into that. We're in, in, even, you know, we're starting to think about potentially giving people fiat on ramps um, to get into Scent, you know, ideas where potentially you could, you know, start with a debit card and the debit card, you know, make it makes a transaction off the debit card that sort of that debit card immediately buys some ETH and then ETH automatically gets deposited to your wallet. Um, but we can get to that. Um, but the uh, going back to our decentralized, centralized, what we realized was that um, we needed to, to to focus on the things that actually made a difference. So the payments. We realized that was useful, so we did that. Um, the content hosting, not useful, not that useful. It can be useful for like things like censorship resistance and stuff like that. And I think in our mind over time, it's always been when these technologies mature to the level where the experience of using them feels no different than using a normal app, that's the point at which it's going to be obvious to switch over. But in the meantime, I don't think I don't think for most people that that almost like ideological thought that okay this image is now on a blockchain is is really going to is really going to change their behavior to the degree where we could hit sort of the level of adoption that we want to hit. And and again our, our goal is not to be something where or the mission doesn't revolve around, you know, everything you post being, you know, eternally on a blockchain somewhere. I think there's a lot of other projects that do that. For us, it's we want to make you money, you know, right. in, a, in a consistent way. It's interesting because when you pitched it to me, when you were describing Scent, you didn't say we're a decentralized Facebook and that's the value, right? Like you went right to the heart of the matter, which is you want to provide a way for people to be compensated for their own time online. And it feels like a healthier starting point. And it also feels like it's driving a lot of your design decisions. If your mission was to be a decentralized Facebook, then maybe it is more important to decentralize every aspect of the product from day one because that's what helps, you know, build that value prop of being somehow a decentralized Facebook and that's the best experience for a user. But that's not what you've chosen to focus on. I think now that Facebook is, you know, we're returning to the earlier part of the conversation for a second. Now that Facebook has been in the news so much along with a myriad other platforms, for 
its misuse of data, you know, by virtue of being a very centralized platform, uh, you know, that seems to that seems to be something that people are caring more and more about. They're caring that there's this centralized monopoly platform that's misusing data, that's not protecting it, that maybe is reselling it or at least being very unscrupulous with how people are allowed to access it. Do you think that people are going to care more and more about those aspects of any sort of like decentralized social network? Or do you think that they're primarily motivated by rewards like you've described? I think I think both of those things are very important. I think in the I think the way and this sort of draws from my sort of philosophical philosophy background, I think people are you know the, the most scale of people are motivated by the most, let's say, um basic desires. You know, like everyone wants money. That's like there, there's that's the point of money is that everyone wants it. That's that's why it exists. So that's what makes the world function. And so um there are definitely a segment of people that care very strongly about their data not being poured into some central repository, especially something as big as Facebook. I heard this quote last night that um, Facebook, it was, it was giving just the scale of Facebook on a, in a variety of different ways. And it was saying that um, Facebook is now bigger than Christianity. Like, like, like the actual, like, like, like it's now reaching, it's way past nations and now it's levels of religions. And I think one of the things that happens when centralized structures grow to that scale, even if they were started in relatively idealistic ways. I tend to believe that Mark, um, you know, started it with a pretty good intention. And what happens is just the the way I see it is that capitalism just eats it because at, at a certain point that there's too many pressures from too many other sources to to make this as monetizable as possible. And then it shifts from, you know, maybe for its first few years actually wanting to connect people to being the most incredible advertising product that's ever existed. And so the, that idea of, okay, well now on these other networks, I'm a product. That's not good. Or it's in theory, it's not good because I'm not using something that is, I'm not, the service is kind of being disingenuous. And I think the, uh, I think people care about that. People don't want to be used. Um, and I think they care about that. I would say even a little bit more than they care that. Um, well, I guess it depends on the user because there's definitely some users that are that are you know the, the sort of libertarian type where who who are very much about you know freedom of you know I own, own my data like no big brother and, and I get that and you know we're all in on that as well. But it seems like it would be hard for something like Facebook to take some big decentralization turn right now just because they have so much scale like that would be maybe they could maybe maybe there will be a time where where protocols exist at a certain level of coherence that that they could easily do that but right now i see this as a um on a couple fronts as as a you know we sort of have this gap where we can sort of i think of it as parking spaces like there's some open parking spaces right now that crypto has created and i I want sent to to take one of those. And the there's really three things. There's the the idea that Facebook is using or Facebook and everything like it is using the data in a way that's not totally what you think. Um it's that the um it's that they're taking all the and I wrote about this in in Sense original vision is that they're taking all of the money that it, that is created from creators you know because facebook builds a network and then it takes all of humanity's content or 30 percent of humanity's content onto its network and it doesn't just monetize the fact that it built this network it also monetizes all the creative value that everyone created and put on its network which i think is not fair personally just on a simple level like, like they didn't make that content they they're they're sort of simultaneously acting as a platform and a publisher whenever it's convenient and the, the that I just can't see sustained because what'll happen is that most people create really valuable stuff for nothing. And then one group, Facebook makes just endless money because because it, it's completely it's a completely um, non-equal equation. And so 
I think it's that part of the equation that needs to be fixed first. Because I think when people realize, oh, I can just be on a social network for an hour and make seven bucks, like that's that's cool. Like that's that's real. Like I can buy a coffee. I, I can like act that actually can affect my life in a little bit way, a little way. Their mental state will be, oh, I'm I'm creating value when I'm on these networks. I'm not like playing a game. Like I'm 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 doing something that's helping people. And I think that it, my hypothesis is that that's the first one for them to shift and be like, well, where's when I do the same stuff on Facebook? Where's that seven dollars? And then they'll realize that oh, well, and I think that'll over time cause a, a bigger and bigger exodus um, from people away from centralized networks. And I think eventually though, having the data, um, having the data be in a more safe self, uh, self-sovereign form um, will be something that people care about. And it's certainly something that some people care about, but I think the money uh, aspect is first. I'm biased as well, right? You know, here here I am. Uh, Enigma is very focused on data privacy and decentralized yep. privacy solutions. So mm-hmm. we obviously think very long term about most of these things. Sure. It's it's sort of the yeah. unavoidable trend of the internet that uh, because it's been so broken for so long, the problems aren't really going to go away. But it, it's interesting. I, I actually think we're very aligned because we see this as a as a long term structural issue that needs to be solved, and the technology needed to solve it is still nascent, right? A lot of these data privacy solutions, a lot of even things like Ethereum are are very nascent and we're still trying to piece together how these are going to work. This idea of providing new economic models for the end user, Uh that's something that you were experimenting with long before you even knew there was a decentralized solution for Uh for at least for the foundational level. So I think that as you're saying in the short term, Building what people touch, what they can care about, you know, it is the economic structure and, and letting them think about their time and their value on a social network differently. I think closer to what I described as like this marketplace idea that your time when you're on a social network is for sale. And if not to advertisers, maybe it should be for sale to your fellow users or their time is for sale to you because you provide them a bounty for a response to your post. Like, I, I think that you are proposing with scent uh, a very valuable model for people, especially when you put it up against something like Facebook, where it just it just drains, right? It can always ask for more, and it's optimized to ask for more. Not just Facebook. I pick on Facebook a lot, but you know, Twitter is the same way. Any of these feed-based products where you just scroll and scroll, and you're sucked in, and and one of those things you scroll past is an ad, you know, and that's where you know that's where the money gets made for somebody, not you. It's totally. yeah. it's fascinating. And and that's really what um you know, it gets it gets kind of weird because that that's what these things are internally. I mean, they have an incredible they have incredible like psychological research departments that are you know, focused on, on what like shouldn't what that have been our with... first warning? Shouldn't that shouldn't that have been the first sign that like something was deeply wrong? Yeah, I mean, it, it well, I, it's it's so it's it the goal is to keep you there that's the that's the mission like there's no there's no mission beyond that like and and the um i i I think that we've sort of accepted that i don't think we've accepted i think we're starting to see that oh maybe this is not making me that happy like maybe i'm wasting a lot of time like maybe you know maybe and i think for a while we were the world was just sort of infatuated with social media like oh my god it's the new way we connect and and that's great. Maybe we need to go through a period of just pure excitement with all new technologies. But then we were like, oh, this is actually pretty terrible for us. I think it's, you know, uh, it, it's not it's not all that different from when in, in, in previous eras we would discover some sort of physical, you know, people used to use cocaine for all sorts of, you know, they thought it was a medicine for a lot of different ailments. Um, and then after a while, they're like, oh, well, it makes me feel good, but actually this is really bad for me. And I think we're having a similar realization with a lot of social media that this that there's something wrong in the DNA of it. And what we think that problem is is that people aren't valuing themselves. They're valuing they're, they're only valuing themselves based on in, intra network reputation. So mm-hmm. um, you you can get a little serotonin boost on Instagram if you you, you get a bunch of likes. Um, but likes again, don't, don't, don't really, unless you get, unless you regularly get, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of likes, right. they don't really change your 
exterior life all that much. And if they do, they only do in the sense of reputation. So other people think you're important. And then maybe you, there's a, there's a, a second order thing that will give you money because right. there's a downstream effect when you monetize your own audience as opposed to Facebook monetizing it for you. Yes. And um, I, I understand that. I just here, – here's, here's the big question for me though because this is what you're going to have to struggle with as the person who's designing this product. Ultimately, scent is only going to be as successful as you know the network can be large. Like if you're trying to hit this mission of changing the meaning uh, of you know spending time online for, for people, giving as many people as possible the opportunity to make money from their time on the internet – Scent has to grow. And to grow, you need a product that has these same aspects of maybe not being addicting, but at least, you know, providing value uh, with a short enough feedback cycle that people keep coming back to the platform. They recruit their friends to the platform. It has a lot of these same sort of centralizing uh, – It's uh, there's a gravity, right? There's yes. a gravity towards pulling in every person in the world needs to be using this network, this product in order for it to achieve, you know, a network effect for the users and for everybody to receive maximum value from the platform. How do you think you're going to manage that gravity given your goals for the platform and given that we think still that users are going to care about decentralization as much as they are going to care about their own rewards? How, how do you avoid – basically the question is how do you avoid just repeating the mistake of Facebook? I think the biggest thing is that what what causes the mistake of Facebook is and, – and again, I, I know I come back to this a few times. But I, I, think, I think what causes the effect with Facebook is their – Facebook's internal financial incentives are completely different from the user's financial incentives. And so the thought in my head is one: if we, I'm I'm not against scent being you know addicting in the sense of it being something you want to return to, but on scent already, um, and I quickly want to mention this just because I realized I haven't mentioned it yet. Um, our, our real what's becoming our main feature is this idea of seeding, um, where uh, you, and, and I'll explain this in the context of addiction and, and how we see this. Um, so seeding is this idea where you can post any piece of content. And people can give money to the content or, or seed it, and the money is distributed to the creator of the content, but also to everyone who came before you that seeded that same piece of content. And the reason we think that's potentially kind of revolutionary is because what it does is it you, you're coming from a selfish drive. You're saying, I want to make money by giving money to this content, because that's what you're doing. If you're early enough to, 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 to give money to a piece of content that you think other people will also find valuable and will also give money to, you'll make a profit very quickly by giving. And I think that that idea of, of sort of uh, hacking into the nature of altruism and, um, you know, tying it in with selfishness at the same time, that's a potentially, you know, healthy addictive feedback loop. And why I say healthy is because when you'll go back to the site, you'll, you'll get your notifications. You'll say, Oh, you, and you'll see your little notification icon light up and that'll make the serotonin in your brain get excited. But the, um, but on Facebook, it'll be like, you know, blah, 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 replied to blah, 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 or blah, 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 liked your blah, blah, blah. And that's great. But that really is just like, okay, within Facebook's little fictional world, this little fictional thing happened. And on scent, it's, you made a dollar from, you know, this reply you gave, Oh, you made $2 from seating this person yesterday. And, you can get excited about that in the same way you'd get excited about like, you know, finding a dollar on the ground or, or, or getting your paycheck from work. And so it, it's got immediate external value. And I think um, if they can use that money to, you know, uh, pay for food for their children or, or, or something, then it's not a waste of time. Like, 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 like the reason these other networks are a waste of time is because you're pouring a lot of your the best energy you have each day into them. And then you're really, most people are getting very little out of them beyond like, you know, I, th I think it's hard to look back. I have this experience all the time of, of scrolling through some other network for like 20 minutes, scrolling through Instagram. And then I'll just like shut off the phone and feel like, ugh, like what did I, what, what's the, why did I do that? And, and I think it, it I think if you, if you were to spend that same 20 minutes on scent and, you know, make four bucks, 
it, you don't feel that. You're like, okay, great. Well, like that was useful. Like maybe, and I think we want to make that number get higher and higher to the point where it's okay. I could spend my hour going to this, you know, sort of standard job, or I could spend this hour on scent and maybe make more than my standard job. So why am I even going to the job? And so the, um, I think that that addictive nature will be one, just you're addicted to making money because you need money and money makes certain problems in life easier. Um, and, uh, and also I think design design, I think is a huge component that I think gets swept under the rug way too often with crypto things. I think crypto things, people, the crypto world is extremely, um, engineery and, and it's extremely like, uh, you know, you know, I think it's the equivalent of this, the seventies, you know, personal computer hacker culture where, you know, everyone was about, you know, making these mainframes and wires and soldering and, 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 and then some other companies came along where it's all prepackaged. It's all easy. They don't even talk about any of that internal stuff. It's, Hey, you can make shopping lists really easily. And I, I, I like that approach a lot where, um, uh, where it's like for most people, if we want to give them the technical detail, we can, but for most people, let's just give them the end state. You know, well, how does this affect your life in a new way? And um, I think that's also given us a little bit of a gap because if, if a lot of other companies aren't so design focused, we can sort of be just a, a little more design focused. And suddenly that you can see the Delta, you can see like, oh, well, this is just so much more friendly. This is so much more, you know, inviting. This is easy. Whereas this other thing is like, you know, not. <laughs> and so um, it's something we talk about a lot on this podcast, right? Is this what is it going to take to actually scale decentralized technologies or maybe yeah. even these hybrid technologies? And we keep coming back to this idea that at the very least, it needs to be usable. Yeah. If you want something to be adopted by tens of millions of people, you need at least something that 10 people can use or hopefully, you know, 100 or 1,000. And most of what's being built, you know, it's not there. And I get it because we are still building the protocols, right, the foundations like – Obviously, I care a lot about that. But at the same time, you know, we already do need to be experimenting at the other layers in the stack, not just on how we combine the technologies, as we said, but how we combine these new economic models that are only enabled by the decentralized platforms that power them, whether it's Ethereum or Enigma or anything else like it's creating new opportunities. We should use those opportunities to build new things, not just build another Facebook but this time decentralized, but to build an actual network that achieves this mission like you're talking about of, of personal freedom. Uh, so my my question to you now, because we're reaching the end of our time, but I, I, I'm really excited about Sense growth and where you're taking it. So my last question is, who who's already using Scent? What does adoption look like right now? And who would you like to bring onto the platform in the near future? Sure. So we... We've seen incredible growth in the last three months. It's really been amazing. Like we, like all of our charts are just like like hockey sticks right now. And right now, it's funny because if you asked me three months ago, it would have been a very different answer. But we've had a we've had a big influx of. Right now, we're at about like ten thousand users or so, and the uh, it, it's a mix. I would say it started off being very crypto people, like the people that wanted they they heard about it via um, some sort of you know crypto subreddit or, or, or something. And they came in because they heard it was some, something, some function of, of crypto that, that uh, was, was, was expressing what blockchains could do in an easy way. And over time though, it's become uh, much, much more broad. So we have uh, a, a handful of really incredible musicians, a handful of really incredible visual artists, um, a lot of good writers, a lot of people that do these sort of weekly newsletters people do other things where they um just sort of you know because people are in the mindset of what can i post that people will find valuable and i think that lens in itself is, is an incredible sieve for for not spamming the network not trolling the network because you know you can troll and and, and, and spam other networks because there's no downside like like who cares but with scent there's like this opportunity cost like i could spend the next six minutes writing a trolley post or I could spend the next six minutes writing something that might be valuable and maybe I could, you know, pay for part of dinner. And, and so there's a, th with that in their mind, in the same way that, um, you know, I, I think if you, if you make things easy enough for people to be good, 
then they'll be good. It's easier than, than being bad. And like we do some internal, I know I'm like going off on a tangent here, but we do some internal uh, moderation, but very little. Like, like it's amazing how much people just act really great without us doing anything. Like, like there's a, and I think that's something to do with the financial incentives that, that there's just people that just brings out the thoughtfulness in people. Um, like you can go on, on send right now and, and you'll see that there's just, it doesn't have the same vibe as other networks. Um, and uh, sorry, your, your original question reminded me what your original question was. Who's using Scent? Who do you want right. to see using Scent so that it keeps uh, growing and becoming the platform that you're hoping you've designed it to be? Sure. So so uh, other people that are using it are, um, and this was not really expected, but very cool. Um, we have users in over 160 countries right now. And um, there's only like 195 countries in the world. And what we've noticed is that in a lot of these places, um, one, you know, making a few dollars a day on cent in America is like not incredibly exciting at this moment. But over there, a few American dollars in a day is is life changing. Like like that's that's a week's salary or something. And so I mean, I'm talking about like rural India, rural Africa. And what we found in general, and the messages we received from people, is that uh, the way we phrase it internally is that a lot of people have internet but they don't have income like almost everyone it seems like nowadays has a phone or has a smartphone that has you know connectivity um but a lot of people live on you know sort of isolated farms or uh rural villages and um uh, you know they have access to the information but they don't have access to some sort of consistency of income and what's cool in my head is that uh, this can also work for people that you know so we see those type of people being one user set. We also see a lot of people that are, um, you know, what are called digital nomads, like people who are just, you know, traveling around the world, working, like, you know, they're they're freelancing and doing some sort of digital work, like like writing or design or, or, or coding. And these people are always looking for like different ways in which they can make money from wherever they are. And um, one of the things we're going to be doing a lot more this year is sort of uh, really. Um, let's say spreading the, the scent gospel to, to these, these hubs around the world that, that collect these types of digital nomads. So places in, in, in Thailand, places in Indonesia, uh, places in South America and Europe, and um, also colleges, universities and students we see is another big one that's, that's happening right now because uh, college, students are, are kind of a, a cool subset of a few factors because they're young. And so they have this mentality of, you know the current networks that exist; those are like the the old people networks. Like those are like those are what my parents use. Like I want my own thing. And I think every every generation has that feeling of like they want their own their their own things that that define their generation. Um, so they're young, they're smart because they're in university and they grew up with the internet. And I think people are just getting smarter. Um, uh, and they're also they're extremely you know tech native. Like the things that might be confusing about crypto to uh, even a 30 year old I are just in my experience are not confusing to 17 year olds. Like they I'm going to interject here and mention that I am 30. <laughs> you're, you're, you're an outlier. To be fair, I'm, I'm, I'm very confused by blockchain on a regular basis. So I don't, I don't think it's really a big deal. I mean, I am too. I just want to say, that, I mean, uh, like my, my co-founder Cameron is a real, um, you know, pure blockchain expert of us too. Um, and I think it's good. I think in general, it's not a terrible thing. I, I feel like more, like part of me is more like a, uh, like definitely half of me is still easily remembers what it was like to not understand any crypto, anything. And I think I, I try to let that influence our work in, in a productive way um, regularly, because I think if your team is too, like too down the rabbit hole, you, you just, you, get, you, you lose your connection with what normal people think. Um, but the, uh, uh, but, but even so, I feel, I feel like the, the, I, the basic ideas, one of the things I, I go up and back on a lot is, are the basic ideas of crypto apps, like things like addresses, things like signing, th things like wallets, are, are these going to be things that over time everyone understands? Like, is this going to be, um, uh, you know, just just the new the new base layer of knowledge of most of humanity in the same way that we all understand how email works now? Or is it going to be that, these are early design patterns that are going to get smoothed over into something that feels almost no different than a current than, a, than an app we use today. 
And I, I tend to think the, the latter. I, I tend my, my personal guess of where this is going on a on a on a this UX level in terms of the whole crypto world is I think we're going to have something like a card, like a debit ish card thing that like holds our address and and we can easily refer to it in the same way we refer to a debit card because we don't memorize that thing and maybe we hover that in front of the computer and that you know makes it scan in or or something. Um, but that'll be pretty much it and 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 you can. It'll, it won't feel, in my mind, incredibly different than using, you know, some sort of debit or credit card. Um, it'll just work, you know, for a lot of other reasons in a more, um, you know, in, in a better way. Um, so, yeah, that, that's sort of a, a range of the people we see using it right now. And this year we're excited because we're going to we're, we're raising our second round of funding right now. And so that's going to give us a lot more opportunities to do cool stuff. And we potentially want to partner with, before the end of the year, a few pretty big name creators um, to bring them on and also potentially to bring their following on because we're moving more and more into this direction of, uh, we've been looking at Patreon a lot, um, you know, where you can give money to creators on a monthly basis. And we like that because it's income on a monthly basis and people seem to do that, which is a little surprising to me. Um, but it's, it's Patreon's very successful. But Patreon's also very centralized and they, they've had a lot of scandals recently about kicking creators off the platform that they disagree with politically. And um, in my mind, that's a stupid strategic move, but it's great for us because we can sort of come in and be like, we won't do that. Um, and uh, and so I think partnering with potentially people who have been successful on things like Patreon and elsewhere um, is definitely something that's also on our mind. Amazing. Well, what I'm getting from you is that scent is for everybody and that you're really invested in this idea of usability and also providing value directly to the user and letting users provide value directly to each other. I, I think it's a really valuable mission. And it, in a space that is wanting for meaning, uh, <laughs> I think you guys are a good example of people who are committed to providing meaning, not just for the underlying technologies, but for the people who would be using them. And I think that that's really admirable. So if people want to get started with Scent this year, it was my holiday resolution to start using more dApps, Scent <laughs> being one of the dApps that I picked up. So you can follow me on Scent. I'm at Tor. Um, but if other people want to do that, uh, how can they get started? Yeah, so you can just go to Scent.co or beta.scent.co. Uh, either one will will take you there. Um, you click you click the little key, which is our little you know join thing. Uh, just put in your email and you're good to go. There's really no, you don't have to put in your name. You don't have to put in anything. It's, it's, it's just that. And you start answering questions. Um, maybe make a post. Uh, I think you'll be pretty surprised at how quickly, if you make a quality post, how quickly you'll make a few bucks. Um, and once you make that few bucks, you'll maybe be hooked into it and uh, you'll join this community. That's really thoughtful and creative. Amazing. Well, Max, I really appreciate all the time you've given me uh, and the audience on Decentralize This. I'll add the link to Scent in the podcast description. I'll let people experience it for themselves. Suffice to say, I've had a great experience on it. Uh, I only wish I had more time in the day to sort of explore the platform, but you really are building a great product with a great community, and I look forward to seeing how other dApps take influence from what you've done and, and continue to create these incredible user experiences. So again, thank you for the time. Best of luck, man. Thank you so much. This has been really fun.